where's the flying sawdust for Pete Wood and the fine folks from our logging industry? And, Peter, good morning to you. Good morning, Brad. Good morning, Kenny. Good morning, folks out there. It's nice to be back once again to talk about the timber industry a little bit with all the things that are going on. Hopefully people can sit back, have a cup of coffee, and just relax and listen a little bit. But the news has not been the best lately about the timber industry, about no. uh, what's happened in Duluth and Wisconsin. So it's kind of a a little bit stressful in the timber industry in the area of the upper Midwest. It's It's not a fun time. But at the same time, you can be optimistic, but still, reality is always reality always out when uh, fluffy thinking, I guess you could yeah. say. If, if folks out there, if you could think of it this way uh, during the show today, uh, a little bit is is like riding in a boat, and you got the boat anchor, and the boat anchor is hooked to a chain, and then you throw the boat anchor over. But what you do is you put the other end of the chain under on one of your ankles just to make sure, reminder, that don't forget your boat anchor when you're ready to leave. And as, as that chain keeps going over the side, it slowly goes over. Sooner or later, it cinches up. Yeah. And the stuff that's going on in the timber industry and all these industries, sooner or later, it affects everybody. It will affect you one way or another. There's, there's a lot of jobs in Duluth. Uh, very, very good-paying jobs, jobs that people want in the in the paper mill. And yeah. over a year ago, I don't remember the exact show, but I remember on your show here, Brad, trying to tell the Duluth Mayor, City Council, that, hey, hey, the paper mill is signaling you guys here. There's something coming. That's remember right. I was saying that at least a year ago or more. Yes, I think it was a year or more, more Peter. And trying to get their attention that they're signaling you, it's uh, better pay attention. And as far as I know, this is the shoes we're in right now. Part of it is that. Part of it is uh, the mill didn't adapt to the changing times. They're making a product that is not as much desired, and it's kind of sad yeah. because the ripple effect goes way out. And you may think, well, well, I don't haul much balsam spruce there. And some don't. You know, this is Wisconsin. It's Minnesota, and the wood goes both ways here. They may think, I don't do a whole lot of that. And they think, well, I, I don't think it's going to affect me. Uh, you better think again here because that ripple effect does affect the whole community. Yep. And right next door, that's why the paper mill was built there. Minnesota Power and Pentair did it back in the mid-'80s, built this paper mill. Minnesota Power owns a power plant right there, and that's why it's built in that area, because they generate steam and electricity. And that place is is run off of wood waste, coal, and they can use natural gas. Sure. Okay. Now, the wood waste doesn't come from just out in the woods exactly. Some of it comes from some other mills. And when I start counting them up, going to be right around five or six different places could be greatly affected to the some could be to affected to the point of not making it because they can't get rid of their wood waste efficiently or economically feasible yeah which could cause another ripple effect you could literally from this one place closing folks you could literally lose five to seven outfits in the timber industry i can't say who they are but some are in Minnesota and some are in Wisconsin. I'd like to tell you who, but that's part of it, putting a chain around your ankle here. Yeah. It's sad uh, Pete, to me, real sad. 
Pete, yesterday or the day before, we did talk a little bit about the ripple effects with Versa. I mean, not only loggers in the woods that are out uh, making a living for themselves or families, but transportation, equipment. Uh, there's so many tentacles that this affects. Uh, I, I can't believe that the city isn't on a full-scale, uh, almost like a war footing, trying to find somebody else to come in and take over and change the direction of what they're using in that plant. Well, what comes to my mind, folks, a lot, Brad, is that why not work with them instead of uh, just saying, well, there's nothing we can do about it. Uh, this is another signaling that I'm trying to give out right now to Duluth Mayor and City Council. The Congress, there's we got one here in the 8th District. There's one over in the 7th District that I hope you're listening, that this ripple effect is going to affect greatly. And I'm yeah. trying to sound out again about this, again, over a year later, that if nothing is done, nothing is heads up, it could be greatly more damaging to the timber industry. And so, but there, and you think, well, it's all gloom and doom. Well, Actually, the last two shows, we came with individuals, businesses that want to build here in Minnesota. And they would build in Wisconsin, too. And you want them to hear about it, and we broadcast it, and it's like nothing's changed. It's still the same thing. If, if, If the company like Ensign that was talking about taking bio, making bio crude out of wood waste, if that would have... That, they've been trying here for almost two years, and I met them over a year ago, a year and a half ago that I actually met them and talked to them, so they were already into it for a little bit. And if they would have been able to build when they wanted to, that Ensign plant would be probably firing up right now. Okay, folks? Yeah. It would be fired up right now, and you they would have enough capability to swallow up what Verso does right now. And if they put more pots in and more pots in, I call them pots, every pot produces so much bio crude and takes so much wood in. And they could put another one, another one, another one, keep chaining, hooking up, hooking up, chaining up, hooking up. They would swallow up more than one or two versos, okay? And you wouldn't even know the difference practically. You know, you would, but you see what I'm saying? Oh, or, yeah. Other, the other one was the North Star pellet over Bemidji. That would swallow up a lot. And you're trying, I'm coming here trying to present these are ideas that would fly, would work. We just need the right things lined up because you can't just you can't just plop a business into Duluth without going through the proper planning. No. You can't plop a business anywhere, but you got to go through the proper channels to do it. But, but let me ask a, you, Peter, isn't it easier with as free with an existing building like Versa? You don't have to plan on building it. You don't have to acquire land. It's already there. Yes, you have to redo the uh, the the goal or the redo the the uh, project that they're working on. And I understand. Look, I I was there originally when they put in those high calendar paper machines. Those were very expensive, but they can be down taken down and taken out of there, and they could convert that into another type of paper manufacturing. Yes, it can be done. It just is it being willing to be done. Uh, Henry, are you there on the other? other Henry Schenebeck going to be on too. I hope he didn't yes. lose him. Henry, are you there? Peter. Good morning. There we are. <laughs> Henry, would you want to hit on a little bit about Verso 
and uh, do you know much about how if they could change the plant? Because the other, the other big mill folks is in Wisconsin Rapids, and it'd be like they're losing that if nothing changes. That's about just a hair bigger than Sapien Cloquet. That's a lot, a lot of wood. Henry, could you elaborate on that a little bit, then we'll come back to this? Yeah, you bet, Peter. Uh, appreciate the opportunity. I mean, you're, you're hitting on all the points there that need to be discussed, you know, and, and, and I, I, there's always opportunity to convert and change things over. It all takes money, um, you know, and time and planning, and I guess it kind of gets back to the owners, uh, you know, and what they want to do with that mill. But, um, you know, other than the job, you know, Absolutely, we empathize with, uh, you know, the thousand people in these two facilities that are going to lose their job. And uh, just doing the math, you know, that, that wood comes in from this region. This is going to hit the whole region. It's going to hit Michigan, Minnesota, Wisconsin. There's wood going back and forth across the borders, depending on what the uh, commodity is or, or what the product is that's being made in each one of those mills. But, you know, when you start adding it up, there's over 3,000 loggers and truckers that are going to impacted by this and then as peter said all the rest of the things like the power plants and all those types of things but even if you just start looking at the taxes that are generated from these jobs in these areas alone yes and the income that's going to be completely lost i mean i know one fuel station by the mill down in wisconsin rapids that that mill consumes about 23 to 24 percent of the total volume of wood produced in that state is down about $15,000 in one day at that one fuel station because of the truck traffic and stuff going through. And the biggest thing that we got to think about, too, here, another thing is that what happens to our healthy forest if there's nowhere to go with that wood? Yeah. That, you know, you, get, you have to have trees. You have to have a management plan. You have to have qualified loggers, a mill, and customers to buy the product. And in, in that order, basically, so if you start losing our healthy forest, we start seeing a downfall in available material. Boy, Henry, you said a mouthful there because you're absolutely right. If you don't manage the forest, if you don't have a way to log that wood and use that wood uh, in a in a positive manner, it's all going to die off eventually, overcrowd itself, and it's going to be just a miserable setup. No question about it. I mean, we've heard Bruce Vincent, we've heard other experts uh, come on, and, and and Peter himself is, you know, I mean, he knows what happens to that woods. You, you know, we've had some market issues in the past, and we've seen the mortality rate uh, overcome the actual harvest rate of timber. Sure. And, uh, I mean, that that's going to impact tourism eventually. Who's going to want to come and see a dead forest, right? Oh, absolutely. No question about it. Now, let me ask both of you a question, Henry and Peter. Peter, when you were talking about this plant that they're looking to build uh, wood pellets up in, I think it was the Brainerd or Bemidji area somewhere? Yeah, Bemidji area, yes. Bemidji area. Is that something that you think could, might be adaptable to, say, a Versa? Uh, I think or, it could. I, I think something could happen there. I mean, to to do it, yes. I'm not. Uh, I I kind of get out of my expertise when I start talking about inside mills. I just know enough to stay dangerous to myself, you know. Sure, but, sure. But um, th- I think it could be. 
the, the thing is, uh, when you do pellets, it's a transportation. Most pellet places are within ocean-going vessel areas, and that's why you come up, the farthest they get up north is Louisiana's Baton Rouge because they can get the ocean-going vessels, and from there on up it has to be barged. And okay. then you go along the whole east coast, uh, the, that's where the pellet plants are. And so when you come up here, it can be done up here. It's the transportation that hurts, and that's where they were looking before to get about $2.5 million help on the rail so that they could transport it. And then they, that would, in, in, in effect, would generate about $58 million in revenue to the areas in return. Boy, yeah. But, I, you know, thinking about it as you're talking, I'm sure it would involve a major reconversion of, of Versa because they'd have to take out those very expensive machines uh, that that they brought in to make calendar paper. Um, and there's a lot of other stuff that it would take to do. But, you know, it would seem to me that, that, that any option, if it's financially feasible, would be one that you'd want to look at today. Yeah, my, my thought that goes through my mind, I, I don't want to get in trouble here, but I would, I'm trying to get a meeting with is Minnesota Power and Light because I think they would be an excellent, excellent candidate to buy that mill um, because they hadn't before. And what, sure. a statement that, what a statement that would be from MPNL if they were saying to the community in the whole area that we didn't believe in our, in our area and we want to look at trying to purchase this back. Yeah. To not not making paper because see that's why that place is going down is because they're making a product that's not desired as much as it was 20 years ago. Right. But to take you know you got to get it at the right price and then you got to get the right in, right help from the government a little bit in the right areas. It's, I'm trying to get over go through this real quick, but incentiveness and then they could build something there. It may not be high gloss paper it won't be high gloss paper but maybe it could be a cardboard style which they're doing brown paper but more into that you want to to me folks you want to make things that are necessities in life like toilet paper tissue paper paper cutting yep. cardboard and then that something like that i think they could do really really well at um the other thing is is um these other plants that want to build here yeah i think they could adapt down there but they it's the money to try and do it is a big thing well and and pete and uh, pete and henry uh yesterday we did we did have a we did have a customer call up or one of our listeners called up and said hey we we still couldn't get enough paper uh toilet paper recently because of the covid deal why couldn't they convert that into making uh toilet paper the the plants and then somebody sent me a story from up in green bay where they have they produce evidently more toilet paper in some of the uh, plants up around the green bay area but those plants are working 24 7 uh 24 hours a day seven days a week and they still can't keep up with enough production henry you want to talk that paper valley area you want to hit on that a little bit Yeah, I mean the Paper Valley area, they they absolutely are doing their best to keep up, and and your your caller was absolutely correct. I mean, I've been in a couple stores, and I'm still seeing shortages. I'm still seeing yeah. signs that says you know you're only allowed one paper product per trip to the store, and that kind of thing. I mean, who would have ever dreamt that we would be in this position where there was not enough of the right kind of paper going around? But yeah, the, you know there are there are. Uh, there are ways to convert mills. There's got to be. There's no question about it. 
Um, you know, the question is, I guess, more for the owners of the facility is that, you know, why, why wouldn't they do that? Or what would make them not want to consider doing that? You know, is it, yeah. is it the raw material that we have? Uh, you know, the cost of transportation, those kinds of things. You know, we've, we've looked at the pellets. I mean, you, you go down south into the southern states, Georgia, and, and some of those places, and the pellets are just going great guns down there, but they're oh, right yeah. on the ocean. We, we have added transportation costs because we'd have to go on a ship, go through the Great Lakes, and get out into the ocean, uh, that type of thing. So in that regard, we're maybe just a little bit disadvantaged because of that, but um, well, guys, I'm going to ask you, know. you both to hang on to hold your powder for a second because we are commercial radio, so we do have to do a quick break here. Turn up WDSM. Take us with you on your mobile. I listen all day more. With a free WDSM radio app. Giant Redwood. Larch. The fur. The mighty Scots pine. The smell of fresh cut timber. The crash of mighty trees. With my best girl by my side. We'd sing, sing, sing. I'm a lumberjack and I'm okay. I sleep all night and I work all day. He's a lumberjack and he's okay. I think Pete and Henry are supposed to sing here. (laughs) Well, they're not in a singing mood right now because things are kind of sour around the area. But Henry, Henry, and Peter, let me let me just tell you, I got optimism here. I I think we have talked about just in the first twenty minutes or so of this show, two opportunities here. You could take Verso and you could either convert it into a manufacturer of toilet paper, paper towels, a paper that they could use maybe to uh, uh, make uh, uh, disinfectant wipes with. Uh, that's another thing you can't find anymore in the store, disinfectant wipes. Yep. Or yep. or number two, Peter, you hit on a great one with the wood pellet energy generating. Minnesota Power is always looking for some way that they can say, hey, we're doing green stuff. We're, we're, uh, we're creating energy without fossil fuels. You know what? There's a lot of plants that could burn wood pellets and the pellets are part of the byproduct of wood production. All it would take is some conversion. Look, Duluth has a fund called what? Uh, DITA, and and they've they've got a way to raise money to help convert into some of this stuff. So there's a couple of different ways. I think we've got some optimism here, guys. Well, that's what I'm trying to signal the two congressmen, the 8th and the 8th district out of Minnesota and the 7th. Uh, you got a new congressman over in the 7th to yep. heads up a little bit here. And I also Tom know Tiffany. I also know Henry knows Senator Ron Johnson pretty good to signal him as well that this could be a great opportunity to show that no matter what happens in society, there's people that want to still go forward and create jobs, businesses. And if we don't have these places like Lake Spirit Paper, we don't have places like Hibbard, we don't have places to haul our product, it's impossible for us to manage our forests. And Henry's right. If you don't manage it, the people are, the tourism is going to slow way down too because they're not going to come and see a terrible old forest, not an old forest, but pretty much a terrible forest. Yeah, yeah, one that is uh, one that is coming apart at the seams because it's not being managed and reproduced properly. 
Look, guys, we ha- we have to take a Fox News break here at the bottom of the hour. But let's think a little bit more as we come back about what it might take to convert something like Verso into a new line of production. So let, let when we come back, let's talk a little bit about that. All right, guys, a little woodchopper's ball bringing us back there. So, so Peter, Peter and Henry, uh, somebody has got to step up and be the hero of the day when it comes to Verso. Uh, there are some options, but it's going to take yeah. somebody to step up and lead the way, direct the way in how we can convert, maybe take over, maybe have the mill be taken over by. Georgia Pacific or whoever it is that might manufacture a different product. But you've got a lot of positive things going for it. It has its own power production area. It's a newer building. It has railroad siding. It's close to uh, uh, Great Lakes shipping, so you can ship product all over the world. It's got a lot of pluses. If I'm going to sell this to another company, I think there are some advantages out there. I think there's a lot of positives here. It's just to get it out to the public to understand that all is not lost. It's just that you got to rethink things. Uh, we're coming to me personally. We're coming into an era of not as much accessories in life, but more necessities in life. Yes. If this keeps going on. This is more depression type mentality than it is a bear market because you're going to get into a position, folks, where you're going to be just looking at just toilet paper to buy today instead of all kinds of magazines. The magazines are going on their way out, but we can, we still need products that people use every day. And this is the stuff I'm trying to get out there where let's get back to making just necessities like out in paper Valley where Henry is, that's his area where they make their, they, they can't even keep up. Yeah. No, they're at full speed. They're they're at maximum capacity, and they cannot keep up. Exactly. And, and Henry, you want to hit on that? I just want to hit on one more thing. Yes, the paper mill's got an excellent location. You have rails there. There are trains moving there all the time when I'm down there. You have a water that maybe you might have to do a little dredging, but and all this can be accomplished, folks. It just takes a little bit of money, like and a lot of money, but the return <laughs> would be greatly. The return would be just tremendous. But, Henry, how about out there in Paper Valley? You are saying about how they can't even keep up? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, 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 and Brad, I, I love your optimism because we're firm believers that for everything, that uh, every downturn, there's absolutely opportunity. But they, they all take time. And I'm, I'm thinking maybe Peter and I might have to register for that beanbag toss so we can make our next equipment payment. But... <laughs> We do really good at that, you know, (laughs) grill. But uh, you know, we're we're absolutely as optimistic as you are, and you know, we're uh, we're going to try and step up. We're absolutely going to try and step up. Loggers are extremely innovative. Uh, We we went from a crosscut saw to processors and those kinds of things, and we're. I mean, there's some really good models out there of multi-stakeholder. Yes, operatives and those kinds of things where the community, everybody's got skin in the game and it just makes it that much more important for that facility, whatever it is, uh, wood consuming facility to run so much more efficient. Um, you know, I mean, when you have your own business, 
and you walk out of the garage at night, when Peter gets done working on his equipment, he flips that light switch off. Yeah. Because he knows that all equates into either money that he can reinvest or or profit or benefits or whatever that is. And, uh, you know, there's just there's just opportunity out there. And they are running full steam over there. You know, some of the products that are being made in some of the other mills, yeah, not so much. Uh, printing, those kinds of things. But it, it just... You know, until we really start digging into this and talking to the right people and engineers and stuff, what's that going to be? What's the market going to continue to be? Um, Absolutely. I, I don't think anybody expected this, uh, the, the pandemic we're in right now. I don't think anybody expected it to go to this extent uh, the way it is. You know, I mean, we're, we're looking at legislation in Congress right now just to help the, the loggers and the log truckers survive this long enough to react to it and be able to maybe convert that mill at Duluth and that mill at Wisconsin Rapids into something that is very sellable to uh, generate income to make it a profitable business location. Yeah. Well, and, and uh, the other thing we haven't talked about, uh, Henry or, or Peter, is the, is the fact that that mill, Verso, has a workforce that is dependable, they're skilled, they have a lot of a background in the paper industry, and they would easily be able to convert over to a different uh, manufacturing uh, process or a different uh, uh, a, a different technology line for the wood products. But but that's a big thing too. A lot of times you don't find that opportunity where you've got a trained workforce willing to work. Yes, that's extremely important, folks. Um, th- those guys know what they're doing. They've, they've refined it and got it down to a very fine point. It's kind of like uh, like Hibbert out there, the Minnesota power plant there. I had one of the fellows tell me that it takes, I don't know how many thousands of hours for them to be working there to really understand everything. So if you shut that down, those people go go away, and you try and bring in a new crew, the in, those inefficiencies are going to come back, and then they'll say, well, it can't be done because it's just too old. No, you've got a very good workforce there now. If, even even if some like uh, Verso, the paper mill in Duluth, even, or, or Wisconsin Rapids, even if you had to subsidize it for a little bit by the government just to help it so that you could keep it going, and then you, you convert it over to what is necessities, you would not lose that workforce. Those people would stay. They'd want to keep working because they're there because they want to be. That's right. Yeah, you, uh, you, you know, I... I I went back through some of the some of the older news reports and stuff like that, and I was looking at one of the things that I that popped up over and over in in some of the articles as to why the you know why Verso and others bought that mill in the first place, and it kept going back to the dependable workforce yep. in the Lake States region. Over and over, they went back to that. Yes. Yeah, and, and, and you know the work, and you combine the workforce with the product availability in our woods and in our and our loggers like Pete and Henry, all the loggers that we have. Uh, it's just a natural to try to convert that from a money losing operation, where evidently calendar paper just is really. And I'm not saying throw out the equipment. You may want to hang on to the equipment, uh, tear it apart, move it, store it someplace in case that opportunity ever comes back. But in the meantime, take the space and convert it to something much more product uh, productive 
and uh, where there's a real market for it. And I think right now things like um, making uh, sanitized wipes, uh, paper towels, toilet paper, things like that is just a natural. Very much so. It would be great if the, 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 that be going that direction so we can keep the workforce going because a lot of log, the loggers out there that are sitting idling, whether Wisconsin, Michigan, Minnesota, they're 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 all we're all basically the same. We want to work in the woods. We want it, but we want to do. And there's not a lot of people that want to do that. So you want to yeah. retain what they who they are. Absolutely. Well, guys, I, I think this is a this is going to be a big task. But you know what, Peter, you hit it on the head. We've got some good people in uh, in congressmen in both northern Wisconsin and Tom Tiffany, Pete Stauber. Uh, we've got other, uh, you know, you've got Tom Bach and other people that would be more than willing to see the growth of uh, something that would be dependable in good paying family supporting jobs. And and so it's just going to take somebody to bring them all together. And uh, we got to see somebody step up and be the hero here. I didn't bring my cape today, so I don't know if it'll work. I'll try. <laughs> You'd look good in a cape, Pete. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, listen, guys, I want to thank you for the show today. But more importantly, I want to thank you for hopefully we maybe we lit a fire under somebody out there to get this thing up and uh, to get a new direction going at Verso. But I want to thank uh, Henry for coming on with us this morning. And Pete Wood, as always, hopefully maybe next month we can see each other for the first time in a while. <laughs> but guys, uh, sounds like a bad date. I know, I know. But thank you, thank you both for your time this morning. And uh, we've got to do our Wisconsin news break. Uh, we'll talk to you again next uh, next month, Peter. Thank you very much. Thank you all, folks. Thank you very much.